Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylist. And I'm Alex Walker, Editor-at-Large. And together, we are your brand new workwives. Consider us the background noise to your PowerPoint presentation. The support you might need to get through a working day. Or the distraction. Yep, definitely that. Welcome to Working From Home with Stylist. In this final episode of Series 1, we'll be taking a look back at the best advice we've been given this season. Stylist Love's editor, Gemma Crisp, is sharing some super simple ideas to liven up your cocktail repertoire. We'll be examining the psychology of rule breaking and why so many people feel the need to bend the rules. And Warashe Upia, actress and star of the excellent new drama, I May Destroy You, tells us about her life working from home. So Alex, we started this podcast 10 weeks ago now. What a 10 weeks it's been. What have you learnt? How have you grown as a person, Alex? I feel less growing, more shrinking into myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a shell. No, I have learnt a lot. I think the biggest thing that I've learnt, apart from to always have a snack close to hand, is... um, all the big things that you strive for that you think are the important things are really not the important things Mm. and it's the small things be that seeing your friend be that going out for a meal they're the big things yeah oh in a holiday that that'll also be (laughs) up there it's a big thing for me but yeah I think I think that's probably the biggest it's interesting because actually I think if we go back 10 weeks ago and think about the conversations we were having, it was all about adapting to this new kind of lockdown situation. I couldn't imagine that we might be here touching on three months later. I mean, Ever that's just incomprehensible, it. isn't it? And we were talking a lot about, God, we've got to do these Zoom calls, we're slacking, we're doing this. Our work life has changed so much. And again, our amazing ability as humans to adapt to our situation because again you know, within what, three, four weeks, that sort of gets some sort of normal rhythm to it. And we learn how to adapt and we learn how to change. And I think we spent a lot of time in those first few weeks talking about our crazy dreams. And I remember our dream expert coming on and saying, actually, we dream a lot when we're learning a lot. And I think actually my dreams certainly have changed. They've calmed down. They've moved into a different space. And I do feel like I was on the like peak learning 10 Mm. weeks ago as we sort of adapted to trying to work in this new situation. And 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 the bizarreness of the fact that there's some normality to it now. I think so. And the other thing that really strikes me is what struck me was at the beginning when everybody was having these big life questions as suddenly 
you know, we were dealing with a really serious threat and it caused so many people to think, mm. who am I? What do I want yeah. out of my world, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's really tailed off for me when, re- mm. when I've realised actually all I really want from my world is just a tiny bit of normality back but there's so many stability back but so much of what I want is just what I've got around me right now and that's been Mm. that's been really nice that's a lovely life lesson I like that Alex bless (laughs) you so touching for you (laughs) (laughs) obviously we've had some incredible experts on the show to help us navigate through this time and one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast was to give people the tools to work better from home to adapt to these new conditions so I thought it might be nice if we shared some of our best bits, the, the tips that we have taken away, because obviously we've had the privilege of listening to these experts, chatting to these experts and being taught firsthand with some behind the scenes of some of our own problems that we put to them. And actually, I thought that might be a good way for us to wrap up this season. So what would be your first memory? What's the one that stuck with you? I'm going to go all the way back to my very first Zoom interview, which felt so weird. So Uh, weird. So weird. Um, I interviewed the productivity ninja, Graham Alcott, um, because right back at the beginning, we were very much in this frame of mind, like, how do we make work like this work? How are we Mm. productive? How do we focus? And the thing that he told me, uh, which really I have kept with me, was all about how when we're feeling anxious, which this has definitely been a very anxious period, our brain, we know, goes into a very much a fight or flight mode, which he had another term for, which was the lizard brain. And during anxious periods, our lizard brain is on full alert and it makes making decisions really hard. Mm. So actually, he said what we need to do during this period was a bit of mind mapping, worst case scenarios. So it's something that I've really taken with me and I have done a lot. Um, So have a listen to his tips. I think it's a useful one for everyone. Try to give yourself as many possible ways for your lizard brain to just calm down. So part of that is about you know, perhaps mind mapping some of the worst case scenarios onto paper. And suddenly, if it, once you can see them on paper, you kind of realize, hang on, that's not logical. Um, you know, I'm kind of overthinking it. Um, I'm overreacting or whatever. And just sometimes just almost like exercising that lizard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just tire it out and you'll just end up starting to think more rationally. Yeah, I remember that actually. And I thought it was, I, I hadn't heard of the lizard brain before. Um, I, th- I remember you joking about it. And for some reason, I now associate you with a lizard brain. But it's quite, it's quite visual, isn't it? It's Which too makes me feel visual. Sick, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting because obviously there is something that when we're overwhelmed, we have this inability to rationalize. It's interesting actually that that's what stuck with you because for me, it was Sarah Ellis from Squiggly Careers podcast in episode six. But she said something very similar which was about what if thinking and that was really about playing through scenarios not putting things in a box not hiding from them which I think is something I'm quite prone to doing let's play it and see what she had to say the thing that I think that you can do is think about scenario planning or kind of what's sometimes described as like what if planning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could look at your industry or the way that you work at the moment, perhaps if you're a freelancer or perhaps if you're in an industry that you think is going to be really impacted and think, what are some of the possible scenarios that might happen in mm-hmm. the next six to 12 months? And actually, it might sound bizarre, but sometimes by working through things like worst case scenarios and then bring it back to yourself. OK, and if that did happen, what would I do? 
What mm. could I do? What's kind of my backup plan? What's my best case scenario? What's everything in between? Actually, by thinking about those things through, you take things out of your control and you make them in your control. I think it's such useful advice that it's it sort of chimes really with Graham Alcott's in the sense that what is the worst case scenario? What's that thing that's waking you up at three o'clock in the morning and you're thinking, oh God, but what if this happens to my job? And oh God, what what if the worst happens with this project or whatever? And rather than stewing over it, it's writing it down and saying, okay, that's the worst. Well, I can deal with that if I know what it is. And it just gives you that little bit of control back, which I think everybody needs Mm. it's interesting because you mentioned 3am and I think that's exactly when these things hit and of course nothing is uh, quite as scary as it is at 3am in the morning so (laughs) everything is so irrational and blown up and then we get obsessed and we get these loops stuck in our head and I think one of the things I've tried and using this on both your personal life but also um, your work life is doing that in the cold light of day with a pen and a paper really does diffuse it it's like that scene in Harry Potter I'm trying to think what the spell is where they have to laugh think of a funny thing to diffuse their worst never nightmare never seen it oh my never god seen it. this is ridiculous <laughs> I snub you woman I've never seen I it I mean it's a I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to go. How can you not have seen <laughs> Harry Potter? Anyway, that wasn't for you. It was for all the Harry Potter fans. They'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, laughing at your demons is a, is a technique that's used and it's just another way of rationalizing what's going on. My next tip is a more of a physical one and it was from your husband, Alex Walker. <laughs> and we had Alex's husband on, Matt Rabin, who is a chiropractor to ask him how to diffuse our aches and pains that we are experiencing but actually he said something that I have been practicing on a daily basis so I'm sorry Alex but your husband has given me some very sound advice oh god I'll never hear the end of it the biggest thing you can do which is free and easy is go out for what I, what I call a very purposeful walk what that means to me is basically if you imagine there's a light beam coming from your chest that light beam wants to be shining way up into the houses, into the distance. You want to have your eyes where you're looking at when you're walking. You want to be noticing the tops of the trees in the distance and the um, and and the, and the buildings in the distance. Keeping your chest up, keeping your head up, maintaining a try and maintain a long, tall spine while you are walking. And the other thing that I try to sort of um, try to push is focus on your arm swing. And by that, focus on when you're walking, your arms will swing naturally but try and bring your focus on the arm swinging backwards because that will create a natural um, stride pattern, a natural pendulum motion to your to your walk and to your gait. 10, 15, 20 minutes of that a day can, can work wonders for sort of walking yourself better rather than a 10, 15 minute walk when you're just sludging around. Can actually, you can walk yourself worse. So the reason I remember this is because I had been talking about obviously working in a really odd sort of setup in my office, feeling the aches and pains, but also had started to go for a daily walk. And I think just that simple description of like, you've got a light beam from your chest changes your entire posture and actually just has made me feel physically better. So I feel like by doing these walks in this in the morning, I'm getting the mindful qualities of it, but actually doing some really physical good for my body as well. Yeah, I'll begrudgingly give him that one. Uh, quite a few people, <laughs> quite a few people have uh, have uh, recommended that tip, and I've had to I've had to give him his dues. Um. It's the 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 unwavering support for your husband that I love. 
<laughs> that's me. <laughs> we spoke to Russell Amasakera, the career coach in episode five, and we spent a lot of time talking to him about these Zoom calls. Now, this has been a big theme for us. It's obviously been something everyone's talking about, but we were really obsessed with the fact that we were knackered by these. They were completely destroying our energy levels. And Russell, Russell had some very interesting advice on this subject. So, so timing becomes really important. The ideal time to be on these calls is between 30 and 45 minutes, no longer than 45 minutes, because that gives you the chance then to be able to, to focus and concentrate and you can be present. You can give that person your full intention or your team the full attention. I had a proper lightning bolt moment actually after I heard this tip because I think I realised how much my energy was being sapped by Zoom calls because I spent so long trying to work out what everybody was thinking because I couldn't feel the energy that I would have normally felt mm. in a room with them and putting a really tight time in it time limit on how long I spend in those meetings really did help because mm. they are not a natural meeting environment they're brilliant it's been so useful mm. um but it's not natural so um I've been really strict ever since I since I heard Russell mm, that's interesting because I think yeah I really took from him about how much energy we lose a drain by by trying to read people through a screen um but I don't think truthfully if I'm being honest I haven't reduced the amount of conversations I'm having and I'm probably still putting my natural attention span to the test so that's probably the next step of what I need to introduce another one of my favorite tips came from Anna Whitehouse so that's mother pucker and she was talking in general about flexible working and how we're going to be moving more and more to flexible working which is her something she campaigns about a lot but the thing that really struck me and I've repeated to myself but also to the team is we're not working from home right now we are working during a pandemic yeah, I've heard you say that a few times now, actually, because it really stuck with me when she said it. And it was one of the opening things that she said to me. And I thought, that's absolutely right. We're talking about this as a sort of a normalised way of working. But of course, it's not. Let's play the clip. I think the first thing to say is that enforced remote working that we're currently in is not effective flexible working. So, you know, it's this is not the time to be heralding a flexible working revolution. I think um, we sort of chatted the other day and Matt, my husband and I did the maths on it. You know, currently we're doing sort of an eight hour working day with a, three hours of homeschooling and wrap around maybe 12 hours of childcare in that. That's 23 hours of labour in a 24 hour period. There's about an hour there for some kit and a sandwich. So, um, and a quick, you know, quick kiss by the dishwasher if uh, your, your marriage is still okay, if you're lucky. <laughs> so, you know, I think I want to preface this with, you know, what we're currently sitting in is not flexible working. But what it has done on a legal level, and I think on a human level is open up the conversation around what can we do post lockdown to ensure that this momentum continues of flexibility in terms of working anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, I think we're naturally we are we're tough on ourselves. You know, naturally we think that we should be able to do everything, every bit of work that's set for us. We should get it done and then we should go and bake our bread and then we should go and do this amazing Zoom bingo or whatever. Um, but actually, you do need to give yourself a break if you don't feel like you're the most productive you've ever been because these are not normal circumstances. You are not supposed to be working on your kitchen stool um, with this horrendous news stream in the background. So 
give yourself a break and I think that is really useful advice mm, I think I've been thinking a lot about this because I think when we all came to work from home we went at 100 miles per hour tried to replicate our office at home we kept our same meetings we kept our same structure and again for me what I was doing 10 weeks ago to what I'm doing now is completely transformed and that's about using zoom meetings effectively for what they're good at not just trying to replicate normal office meetings that's about the fact that I have to flex around my children at home I have to work in a different way with different hours and I think hearing messages like Anna's are really really important because actually we all have to keep reminding that we're doing an amazing job (laughs) just keeping it together keeping our businesses together and our families together or if we're on our own as individuals keeping ourselves motivated and trying to keep sociable so it's a huge amount of pressure and I think that has been a big learning curve for me over the past 10 weeks you can listen again to all those experts by browsing the episodes in the podcast store or by reading our articles on the topics in the working from home channel on stylist.co.uk alongside banana bread tiktok videos and normal people i think it's safe to say that the past 10 weeks were remembered especially in my life for the cocktails. Uh, My husband uh, has started doing a very lovely thing. Every Saturday night, he makes me a different cocktail and it is the highlight of my week. Uh, And judging by Instagram, I think everybody else is doing the same. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the world has gone cocktail mad. I don't actually like cocktails that much. It's not really my thing. I did make one and then I pledged to make it every week and never made it again. So uh, I'm probably the, I'm not the best person on this conversation, if I'm honest. I. I prefer a bottle of wine, a whole bottle. <laughs> many, many bottles. You're a fool. You're a fool. I know, so I know. nice. It feels like so much more of a treat. They look so delicious. The ones on Instagram, lots of ice cubes and pretty things in it. I mean, they, they look fabulous. But, you know, that lovely pop of a cork. Oh, you can't beat it. I, yeah, I see that. I just don't think it feels as much of a treat. Despite my husband taking himself up as a mixologist, I do think you cannot have enough recipes and ideas. That is why I have invited on the editor of our recommendations email, Stylist Loves, the lovely Gemma Crisp, to share her cocktail inspiration. Hello, Gemma Crisp. Hello, Alex Walker. I feel like you may have seen my uh, drinks trolley at home, and this is why I've been invited on here, because it is groaning with various uh, spirits and mixes. (laughs) It's an impressive drinks trolley. Honestly, where is that trolley from? I'm, I'm in the market for a trolley. Her husband made it, Alex. This is it. You two are just showing off did with your he? husbands right now. He Come did. On. He, Come he, on. he designed and made it because he's a very talented man. He is. Uh, what cocktails have you been drinking during lockdown? I have been drinking a lot of martinis. I've always been a fan of martinis, but I, for some reason I thought they were really hard to make. And they're really not. Um, I'm a fan of a gin martini with a twist. Also a fan of a dirty vodka martini. And then we've also been experimenting with um, sidecars and Manhattans. That's more on my husband's side of things because he likes dark spirits and I, I don't. Um, really into Espagliato, which is Ooh, like... I think it's from Harry Potter, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've lost me already. Sorry. Spagliato is like, so think of it as you've got a Negroni as the eldest child and a Spritz as the youngest child. A Spagliato is the middle child. Okay, yeah. Actually, I might quite like that. That sounds good. Yeah, so it's Campari, um, sweet vermouth, and instead of gin, which is what would be in a Negroni, it's Prosecco. 
So it's not mm. as for like Negronis can be really rich, um, and especially mm. when it's hot weather, you don't necessarily want to get stuck into one of those in the middle of the afternoon. But a spagliato, um, which actually means wrong or mistake in Italian, because the person who created it basically made a mistake when he was trying to make a Negroni. Um, it's really it's really good. Cause it's still got that bitterness, but it's got that bit of fizz to it, which lightens it up a lot. Okay, you're converting me already. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, what's your advice, Gemma, for someone like me who is very much a novice around the cocktails and you know needs a bit of a helping hand and inspiration well if you really want a really great helping hand there are so many cocktail kits out there um obviously with all those bars closed a lot of um, booze brands and bars have started creating their own kits that you can get post out to you um and it's up to you how involved you want to get so there's pre-mixed ones there's ones mm. called neo which stands for needs ice only and they are um pre-mixed cocktails they are posted through your letterbox they come in little um plastic packs you literally just rip them open and pour them over ice and they've got loads of different um types they've got the cosmopolitan a margarita got something called garden of russia which sounds very exotic um and they're all mixed in italy um and you can build your own box so you can do a box of three for 19 pounds 50 or a box of nine if you really want to get involved um so they're really really easy if you want to actually feel like you're a mixologist there's kits from createcocktails.com they're good because they're not just um, your normal cocktails they've actually created their own cocktails there's one that I'm quite intrigued by called the Baja California which has vodka with watermelon and guava juice and homemade agave and rosemary syrup with sea salt and fresh lime and grapefruit soda actually that does sound good okay I'm really you are you're, you're doing a good job on me Gemma they send you a box and it's got you know all the elements in it so you do have to create it yourself but it, you know, they give you all the instructions. It's it's really really easy, and I think with a lot of cocktails, it's all down to um, it's it's hard to get the measurements right if you're doing it yourself. So when you've got these kits that have already done the measurements for you, then it's it's super super easy. Mm. Okay, so I have tried quite a few cocktails in lockdown, but what are some new inspirations for me? Some new inspirations for you, Alex Walker. You, you know, you want the world from me, don't you? I just like, I like the new, Gemma. I like the new. I like to feel like I'm on trend with my cocktail. So, Alex, what I've also been, as well as the Spagliatos, what I've been enjoying um, is a Paloma. Now, everyone, when they think of Mexican cocktails, they think of a margarita. Actually, the Paloma is, I think, even more popular in Mexico than the margarita. And unlike a margarita, it's really easy to make. So it's got tequila in it. So a double shot of tequila. And then a shot of grapefruit juice. It can be pink grapefruit juice if you're feeling snazzy or just normal grapefruit juice. Then Always snazzy. Always snazzy is our Alex Walker. Um, 15 mils of freshly squeezed lime juice. And then you can put nice. in um, agave syrup if you've got it or a simple syrup, which is like a sugar syrup. Or you don't, I mean, I don't bother because I like things quite bitter. And then you top it up with um, some soda. So it's, you know, it's one of those tall drinks, refreshing Bitter, fizzy, tequila, a bit peppery. So I'm very much enjoying that. We're recording this at um, quarter to 12, lunchtime, and already I'm like, oh, could I make one for lunch? Is that too much? (laughs) The other thing that I've discovered during lockdown is a Gordon's breakfast cocktail. Oh, see, there you go, Alex. You're sorted. Gordon, I like him. (laughs) The Gordon's breakfast cocktail is really good for people who don't like Bloody Mary's. 
Um, so my husband hates tomato juice. I love Bloody Marys and will drink them all day, every day. But he is intrigued by the idea but hates tomato juice. So this is like a, an alternate version of it. It's got gin. It's got lime wedges, mm-hmm. cucumber slices, and you muddle those with um, some Cholula hot sauce and some Worcestershire and some salt and pepper. And wow. then you add gin and you muddle it all around um, so all the flavours kind of meld in together. And it's really delicious because it's really fresh because of the lime and the cucumber and it's got a bit of a hit because of the gin and a bit of a hit because of the hot sauce and the Worcestershire. Mm. Um, but you don't have that Bloody Mary um, tomato juice overpowering thing for those people who don't like it. So I've been getting really into those. And then also I used to make this quite a lot when um, back when I lived in Sydney and it's just really easy. It's vodka, frozen raspberries and either lemonade or soda. So you get one of those stick stick Ooh. blenders and you get your frozen raspberries out, get your stick blender and smush them up a bit and then mix it in with some vodka and, and lemonade if you like things a bit sweeter or uh, vodka and, and soda. And uh, that's that's one of my favourites as well. Oh, I'm fully sold on that one. That sounds lovely. You see, how can you not get excited by cocktails? They're so much more exciting. Well, I I think I might start making cocktails just so I can say the word muddle so much. (laughs) I'm going to muddle them together. I mean, I think actually I do. I like the performance of cocktails. I like even the glassware of cocktails. You know, there's something more special about how you how you serve it and how you drink it. So I do absolutely understand that. But I think I'm really put off by how sweet they are. But actually, the ones you're describing, Gemma, actually sound a bit more sour, a bit more savory. So they definitely appeal to me. Glad I've I've been here to help you, Lisa. Wean you wow. off that rosé. <laughs> it will take a long time. I, uh, I'm not fully convinced. She's uh, she's going to be. <laughs> modeling this weekend but i am thank you so much Gemma, for joining us you are the new resident mixologist i'm gonna say you can get more recipes and ideas by signing up for stylist loves at stylist.co.uk forward slash emails if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
One of the things that lockdown has got me thinking about a lot is that in life you tend to be a rule breaker, someone who sort of bends the rules a bit to suit them, or like me, you are a major square. <laughs> absolute square who does everything by the book uh yeah i fear i i am a fellow square <laughs> i remember at the beginning of lockdown being mortified because i'd already been out for my allotted hours walk and i had to go get something out of the car and, and I, I genuinely thought police were gonna come and raid my house because i went out of my front door twice i, I genuinely was scared <laughs> So yeah. Oh wow. I think, I think you are square at the moment. It's fair to Definitely. say if you give me a rule, I will follow it. One of the things about this time and living by so many new rules and seeing so many high profile people struggling to live by those <laughs> rules as well. That's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> means that we've been talking more than ever about people who are naturally rule breakers or rule abiders. It's true. I mean, I think clearly some people just see themselves as above rules, uh, yes. rules don't apply to them. However, that may well be the case. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but for the most of us, we do tend to fit into to one of two camps. And actually, we started to talk about this in the office. And when we did, we were like, actually, this is of such an interesting thing to explore because there's so much psychology around whether or not you're a rule breaker, what that says about you, whether or not breaking rules can actually be a good thing or a bad thing, and at what different points. So yeah, we got really excited, and we've um, we've got one of our writers to write a, a big feature digging into the topic a little bit more uh, about the type of people who break rules the type of people who stick to rules like crazy I mean I don't know whether or not you saw this on Instagram but there was uh, the I think it was called the fruit snack challenge where it was mm. for children and uh, I did it on all all three of mine and basically you you secretly film them you put a, a pile of sweets or chocolate on the table and you say they're for you, but don't eat them now. I'm just going out of the room for a minute. And when I get back, you can eat them. Don't eat them now. So mm -hmm. my oldest and my youngest on video, you can see them thinking, oh, I really want them. I can't believe you're doing social experiments on your children. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bored by this point. It's really funny. So you can see their minds working. It's like this brilliant experiment. You can see their minds working. Oh, shall I, shall I not? And they didn't, they held firm. My middle daughter, however, waited about three seconds after I went out of the room and she had eaten every single one and she was laughing. She thought it was funny. So, <laughs> so quite clearly it shows you that um, we are all born almost into either rule breaker or not rule breaker. And as we started to explore that psychology more, there was there's so much interest in science around it. Well, there is. And I think it's interesting that humans out of all animals, all species are the most hardwired to follow rules. And actually, you talk about children, but children learn the rules of a game very quickly mm -hmm. and children are very quick to go, you're, you're doing it wrong. They have a right and a wrong very early. Now, that's not a moral right and wrong. That is a technical right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So you're serving my breakfast, right or wrong. <laughs> you're playing a game, right or wrong. And actually, but they, they are very routine, very into rules. And actually, the whole way that we teach children in life generally is about a set of rules that we must adhere to. And there's actually a school of thoughts that, uh, that says that humans would not have survived if it wasn't for our ability to follow rules because actually that's our success as a species because actually if we had to keep justifying our behavior all the time in terms of a societal structure we'd all be like driving on different bits of the road or we'd be like 
we wouldn't work in the way that we work or money wouldn't work in the way that it works. So actually human success is based on our ability for so many people to follow rules. And yet so many people break them. They do. I find that fascinating. And apparently uh, they've done a study actually on uh, based on this period and they found that it's young men who are most likely to break rules, which let's be honest, is not exactly surprising. They're so driven by testosterone, by hormones, by peacocking, mm. by showing off to their mm. friends. We all remember that period. The other one that was more surprising though is that it's creatives which I think you and I are supposed to be, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> although, oh God, this, this, this basically reveal that. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Creatives are far more likely to uh, bend rules, and that is because they're far more able to come up with some quick excuse or quick, you know, scenario mm. as to why that rule got broken in the first place. Basically, they're all blaggers. Yeah, that's interesting actually, because I think if I think back to my, particularly to my teenage self, I used to pride myself on my ability. To to like white lie, to tell fibs very quickly, very elaborate stories, very fast. <laughs> and actually, you know, to have the skill to, I would probably believe it by the end of it as well. I could reframe something that had happened or sort of turn it around to suit my circumstances. And I like to think, I hope that maybe that's mellowed as I've got older, but speed of thought I can see is a real advantage if you're going to be breaking rules. You know, if, if you're the type of person that sort of, has a parking violation or does something, you know, where you might confront the law, then your ability to be quick in your response to that is going to be super beneficial. And that's where I fall apart because, oh. of course, I see authority and I'd be like, I'm terribly sorry. I'll tell you everything that I've ever done Every, in my anything, whole life. Anything. <laughs> I went out of the house twice today. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cough me I now. Mean, <laughs> across the board it's interesting actually because it is under 40s it's not just young men but it's under 40s are most likely to break the rules and actually anyone who starts young gets worse over time so you are basically doomed with your middle child who I essentially is showing all the, <laughs> all the signs of being flatter now the good news about that is that people who break the rules particularly as a youngster are more likely to earn more money than their honest counterparts. So we're not talking about success here, we're talking about hard, cold cash. Right, Lilac, you, <laughs> I am coming <laughs> to you when you grow up. Yep. That's my daughter's name. <laughs> um, your retirement, your retirement is basically based on her. But um, there's some really interesting studies into this and it looks at kind of all the different reasons why this might happen. And that, again, it's about that creative thinking. It's about the ability to be a ducker and diving very entrepreneurial apparently entrepreneurs are more likely to be rule benders or breakers not to adhere to the status quo and you know what I think that's what oftentimes in my life I've thought oh I'd love to start my own business and then I realize how much of it is about that ability to blag yourself in meetings and I think mm. yeah that's where I'm gonna fall foul I've not got that skill yeah, that I, but that's the thing. I think so much is that quick-minded, and maybe that's the creativity we're talking about, is that quick-wittedness, mindedness to be able to sort of launch yourself. And, and there's a confidence that comes with it. Interestingly, attached to that as well, is that rule breakers often like competition, which again is something that plays very well to that entrepreneurial mindset. And so therefore, they're not afraid to negotiate higher salaries or to ask for funding or to ask for a raise at, at work. You know, it's actually, there is a, a competition that you have with yourself as well as with your peers that seems to fall hand in hand with rule breaking. Whilst I am absolutely not a rule breaker, um, 
there have obviously been times in my life when I've seen a rule, thought that that doesn't make sense. And when something doesn't make sense, I am quite likely to break that rule. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when, when something seems to be there just to be annoying, I'm going to break it. I will give you an example. <laughs> when I was a waitress, a very good waitress, I might add, uh, they had a very stupid rule that about exactly <laughs> how you set a tea tray, including the fact that the teaspoon had to be at 45 degree angle. Now, I decided that people would much rather have their tea before it was cold uh so i broke that rule and sometimes it was at 90 degree a maverick with a teaspoon i actually got called the cowboy waitress for that (laughs) but i also got the best tips every day so you know (laughs) but you know what it did do and this is something that a study has found when you do break those small rules it gives you a little bit of a high i think you know Mm. we all know that when we broke curfew uh we stayed out too late we all remember that little bit of a high that you get when you break a rule yeah I think that's true isn't it it's like it's sort of what is it is it a boost of um cortisol or something but you definitely have the like I've done it and I've got away with it and I'm super excited I mean I I was continually that dreadful teenager who was like told be home at half 10 or 11 and we'll get home at 12 or half one really sort of in my parents face I actually had to apologize a few years ago which is so weird and you know I did I had actually snuck out of school a couple of times and I did <gasps> had you off. but like these are very strange oh, traits for me but I I have got square a bit now I know, such a sweat. See, this is breaking that rule that actually the rule breakers get worse with age. I I had, I don't know, redemption or something. Guilt, guilt. Guilt, It was probably guilt got the better of me. Um, But actually, there are definitely were moments where I was like, I'm I'm getting a buzz out of being a little bit naughty here. That would definitely appeal to me. So I can see that. There's also a, a suggestion that breaking rules gives us a sense of freedom which I guess is interesting in the context of lockdown because it's the one thing we don't have. Mm. You know, our freedom suddenly got taken away. So I guess for anyone who's like, well, actually, I'm going out for two one-hour walks today, Mm. not one, you know, or doing these sort of minor infractions, probably what they're getting is so much more than actually the act that they're committing, but this kind of sense that they are taking some control back over their lives. And I think... I think we have this ability as humans to, you know, try and make things work for us and we adapt things all the time. And where it has been confusing at times during this period, I guess people have sort of moved into that space. But one of the other things I found out when we were researching this is that, you know, we've got all these little things that are going off in our brain when we we do break a rule like the cheetah's high like the sense of freedom but actually there are times that we're more likely to do it as well so you might be straight laced but if you're hungry tired or in the dark we're more likely to break rules than if it's like a summer's day and we're well fed (laughs) (laughs) oh the dark thing is definitely true it's about sneaking around yeah you think about what you've done after hours yeah that is definitely true it's not for now. It's not It's not for this <laughs> podcast. No, it is not. And of course, you know, at times breaking rules is a force for good. You think about some massive yep. movements, including movements that are happening right now. And sometimes we have to break those rules. You know, mm. the suffragettes, if they had not broke the rules we may not have the powers that we've got today. Well, this is it. A bigger statement can be made if you're prepared to break the rules. You know, you can actually do something louder. And I think it's about calculated risk a lot of the time. Mm. Um, But I think, you know, 
I stand by my position. Lockdown is here as a force for good. It's here to protect us. And that is probably one set of rules that we shouldn't break. But I am fascinated that whether I will wobble if I get hungry, tired, or if I'm out too late at night. Yeah. What would you do if we were starving? Where would you go? <laughs> Whose house would you go to to be fed? To read our full article on breaking the rules and why we do it, you can download the latest issue of Stylist by just searching for our app in any phone app store. Earlier this week, I had the joy of speaking to actress Wurushe Opia, who is the star alongside the excellent Michaela Cole of the new 12-part drama, I May Destroy You. Michaela actually not only stars in it, she also wrote, co-directed and co-executive produced it and I was so keen to speak to her because Helen Burness who's our celebrity director uh, was lucky enough to watch it last week and she just could not stop talking about how brilliant it is. Yeah I've heard I mean as I heard it deals with some really gritty issues but it's actually quite funny as well. Mm, I think that's what Helen felt was the real power of it so it's dealing with issues of consent Mm. and also issues of race but it's it manages to do that whilst also having some really genuinely funny moments and I think it's it's all the more arresting because of that and I actually spoke to Ruche the day that the the series came out so she was feeling really nervous but also really excited why don't we kick off and you tell me how are you feeling like you say it's d-day today yeah excited nervous at the same time as it always is when a project you've put so much work into comes out um added nerves because of what's going on in the world at Mm -hmm. this precise moment in the midst of a global pandemic two global pandemics (laughs) at the moment two viruses being fought um it's it's been quite a lot very up and down very um yeah up and down And how is it affecting how you're feeling? As you say, there's so much going on in the world, but also you've got this personal project you're so proud of, um, rightfully. I've only heard excellent things about the show and I cannot wait to watch it tonight. Yeah, how does, how does, how's that affected your experience of lockdown in a way as you've kind of geared up to this really exciting moment in amongst all of this? It's been it's been good in the sense that I'm glad I'm part of this project at this exact time and it's so strange how it's like everything's just kind of fallen into place I mean I'm glad you know the subject matters of the um, project are timeless but there are the issues of um, representation race representation and being a black woman in a show written directed produced starring a diverse cast um, Mm. feels great this hopeful reflection Mm. to feel like things are moving forward um, at this precise moment, it doesn't feel like that. But um, <laughs> I'm hoping this will be a catalyst to change the protests and everything. Something has to give. And um, it's exciting to know that I'm in something that it's going to be part. I think it's definitely going to be part of this change that's coming. I'm glad that I've been busy uh, with this, with the press for this, because yeah. that has definitely kept my mind occupied rather than just sitting and consuming all the news um yeah that can be quite heavy at times so I'm glad that I'm actually able to work and promote something that is worthwhile at this time Mm. so um 
in the midst of the madness, there is the good. There is. And like, and like you say, I think for a lot of people who aren't able to work and perhaps have their mind taken off of this, this is a, it, there's a lot, you know, you go, you go on any kind of social media and as you try to, to pick through it all, it's, it's a lot. And actually, especially for some actors, I imagine that they, they don't, you, it's very hard to act from home. So it's, has, has there been any part of it for you though, uh, that you, is it difficult to try and promote a film from home? You know, you're doing all your promotion mainly mainly from a confined space. It's, it's very different than the glamour maybe that you might have anticipated or does it make it easier because you're allowed to, you're able to still feel in a cocoon whilst you're about to be everywhere? It's exactly equal amount of both. Mm. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have met people in person being able to shake hands, <laughs> have lunches, be outside, breathe air that's not recycled in my house. <laughs> I miss um, fresh air. I miss, honestly, I, I literally have to go in my garden and skip every day. <laughs> but I'm also appreciative of technology in this time where I can roll out of bed and sit in front of my laptop. And I think we're able to get more things done that way as well. But then in the same breath, it's like it never stops because mm. the work is there. It's almost like you don't have to go out. So it takes out the element of feeling like you're going out and coming home and tuning off. Mm. So it's constantly, constantly going. You talked about that thing, which is something we've talked a lot, actually, that when you're working from home like this, you can't switch off from your job. Have you found any techniques or is there anything that you've implemented into your day-to-day -day life to give you that bit of bit of a breather the thing I guess that's getting you through this period um I've been praying a lot um I pray with my mum twice a day we've just started doing that so that gives us about an hour where we just tune off so we pray twice a day and that helps that definitely shuts off for a mm -hmm. moment and it's just calm and peace um I also work out for an hour ish because well I don't do all the workouts oh. there's this <laughs> <laughs> amazing personal trainer she started doing these live videos on Instagram I think a lot of people have jumped on it um her name's Kiara she goes by Kiara London mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah I mean that has really 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 helped because my fitness was <laughs> non-existent <laughs> I don't do all the exercises uh sometimes <laughs> I sit and watch <laughs> have a breather yeah. the music's amazing but that's I've also done that as well so those are two things that I've implement the prayer and working out have been two things that have kept me like on some sort of routine mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that yeah it's been mm. great does it feel weird to think that you're about to be that person that everybody's watching and talking about and is a real I haven't thought about that <laughs> <laughs> you were nervous before and now oh, I really <laughs> can you see my goosebumps I'm like no way. <laughs> I don't, I don't know because I've had that question what are you expecting and I'm like I don't know I mean I've done the job and I'm happy with it and I just hope people get what they can from it and then they enjoy it I'll leave you with that <laughs> see how you feel tomorrow when you're all over Twitter oh my <laughs> god I, I might have to shut down I thought about that actually I was like okay I've, I've had a few Twitter breaks, uh, Instagram breaks in this whole period as well. So I do know how to 
put the phone down. It's it's funny. I, we talked about that this morning, actually. As much as social media has felt so important during the last, um, certainly the last couple of weeks, but, you know, during this entire period, but also there is a point where you, you need to put your phone down. Yeah, it's because there's so much to consume and then it, it's, it, it really can be overwhelming. And I think we all have to learn this. It's so hard because it's so accessible. Mm. I think we all need to learn the balance of when to say this is enough because it can take over. I mean, I know everyone, a lot of people have been in this space where it's like you want to shut down, but you also want to be informed, mm-hmm. know exactly what's happening. But at the same time, you have to make that sacrifice and decide what's best for your mental health or your health at that time. And sometimes putting the phone down and enjoying the silence will help you. What is your overwhelming feeling going forwards? It's such a tumultuous time at the minute. What is your feeling right now? Hopeful, because I I don't want to feed into a negative feeling at all, because I'm hopeful that we will, which we will, get through this. um, And it will bring about a brand new perspective. No, mm. the world's never going to be the same. We've never had this. Um, Ever. Exactly. Ever. So I'm hopeful that we will come out changed for the better, every single person, mm-hmm. um, whether it be in terms of what we value mm-hmm. in life or how we treat people or how we take care of each other. Um, we've all gone through this at the same time. And it would be a shame if us as humans went back to life before. Oh, God, could you imagine putting something like that out there during this lockdown period? I mean, it's so hard when you sort of um, showcase a piece of work in a normal environment. But something like that TV show, which is obviously going to have a huge following and a big impact, particularly at this moment. I can't imagine being her right now. And I love the excitement in her voice. I mean, it's so, so amazing to witness that. It was so it was so genuine. And, you know, you could just see how proud she was of the project. Um, and we're actually chatting to Michaela um, for a cover of Stylist in a few weeks as well. And I think for both of them, it has just been this real passion project that they feel so proud of. And I think you could really, really hear that when uh, during our chat. So, yes. Yeah, it so clearly comes across. And I think that's made me want to watch it even more. You can catch I May Destroy You on BBC One and BBC iPlayer every Monday and Tuesday at 10.45pm. Now, for the last time, Alex, I need to ask you, what are you eating, drinking and doing this week? Apart from, you know, crying about missing me and chatting all things working from home. I will miss it, actually, because it has been a real... It's almost been like a diary of this period. Yeah, uh, really has. Yeah, it has. And, you know, if you track if you track the 10 weeks and see where we started to where we've got, it's quite a nice progression and the things that you've learned. Mm. And actually I will really, I'll cherish this Lisa as my little, as my little dear diary for this very strange period of our lives. Absolutely. However, but apart from that, (laughs) (laughs) you're getting over that very quickly. (laughs) uh, Eating well, spoil at the minute, uh, all of a sudden, everywhere all my favorite restaurants are doing like home meal kits mm. Dishooms just started doing a delivery service my sister yeah my sister's uh just down the road from them so i'm going to hers this week to sit in the garden and eat a dishoom but 
The one that I really want to try is Petersham Picnics. So Petersham mm. Nurseries is amazing. Food is amazing. And they've now doing picnics. And as uh, eating outdoors is so lovely, or it will be as soon as the sun comes back out, I'm going to get one of those. They're quite pricey. It's £40 for two. But you get mm. uh, so many lovely sounding things. Quinoa and chickpea salad, bab ganoush, big fruit salad, all sorts. So I'm going to try one of those and go and sit in a park with a friend. Um, and that'll feel like such a treat. There's something really emotive about the idea of a pre-packed picnic. I don't know what it is, but it's something that's... I, I think it's like almost Enid Blyton-esque, isn't it? It's all these kind of like yeah. fantasy picnics, which aren't just you going to M&S and like stocking up on all your dips and things. Something so decadent about that. I love it. It is. So yeah, I am going to treat myself to that. Love it. Drinks. I am really trying to wean myself off the rather uh, terrifying amount of Diet Coke I'm drinking. So I am trialing <laughs> um, a new sparkling water machine. It's called, and I probably get the pronunciation wrong, Arc, A-A-R-K-E, sparkling water maker, because I just need something fizzy. It's like my little... Mm. Pep, I don't know when I'm uh, when I'm working. I'm sort of lagging. I need the it's I need a very the gassy woman. And I, very I, I'm gassy. surprised I don't float. To be honest with you. <laughs> and how does it work? Is it like a soda stream? It's exactly like a soda stream. So you put the gas canister in, but it's not. There's no plug. It is literally you just pull a lever down, and you know within seconds you've got a lovely glass of freezing it's the cold. future the it future is. of busy it's the future things of busy things so you know i'm trialing one of those um and it's it's working very well at the minute and then doing well this is really it sounds a bit lame i'll be honest with you when you hear all the quizzes and the bingos and the theater productions but the thing that i have done and enjoyed the most is i have met two of my very best friends in the last week and we have been on a very long socially distanced walk uh, around Aww. two different parks and honestly it has been the nicest nicest time and it's made me realize we haven't spent a penny we've just been on a walk yeah. with ourselves we've exercised at the same time and we've caught up in a way that feels less intense than it does when you sat opposite somebody you actually end up talking about more it's just been so nice and I think that is something that I will take away from this that going for a walk with a friend rather than feeling like you've got to go spend loads of money on a new experience or on dinner is probably the nicest way to catch up so yeah that is what I'm doing and I, I like it I'm gonna hold you to that when everything reopens we'll see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the ne when the next secret cinema comes out no I'd rather yeah, go, for no, go for a walk with you Lisa <laughs> Um, well, I am this week. I'm tucking into black bean quesadilla. I made some last week, and actually, I, I, I've got some of the mix left. That's how good it is. But basically, really super simple recipe, which is like tinned black beans, and you mix them up with a few spices like cumin, some herbs like oregano, chili, spring onions, bit of cheddar in there, inside some corn tortillas in a pan. So it's ready super quick, but it's Tasty, tasty, smothered in lime as well. To counterbalance all those cocktails who are going to be quaffing, thanks to Gemma earlier, I am going to try Fortnum sparkling tea. And it looks like Prosecco. Mm, sounds You're horrible. pulling a face, Alex. I mean, sparkling I love tea. Sparkling tea. You like Ooh. sparkling things. <laughs> no. It Honestly, Alex, it looks like a bottle of Prosecco. It's sort of like a fizzy drink, like a fizzy elderflower or something. But tea, it's Fortnum's darling. Yeah, It'll be delicious. Nice. You have that, then. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> and I am trying to get tickets to lungs at the old Vic so the old Vic are one of the first theatres who are putting out a live performance and it's Matt Smith and Claire Foy oh yes I've heard um that. and this is like it's I mean it sounds super appealing as a concept but it's basically a young couple trying to make big decisions about when to have children but all the moral responsibility of living with climate change um and all of the dilemmas that we we're facing so very relevant to this time so they are putting on this performance but it's obviously all socially distanced with the rest of the team and that's being broadcast um on a video link and you can pay anywhere between 10 and 65 pounds and all they're asking is that the old vic as charity it is in a bit of trouble you just pay what you can afford they'll issue a thousand tickets for each performance, which is exactly the same size as their theatre. So trying to do it on a similar scale, but just trying to keep momentum going and to keep the old bit going. Um, they're not on sale. They are selling very, very soon. So I am desperately trying to get my hands on a pair of them. Oh, that sounds brilliant. It's funny, isn't it? Like all of a sudden, these ticket sales that are just going like that. Like I'm trying to get mm. one of these outdoor cinemas, you know, the driving ones. Oh, yes, yeah. And I'm on a waiting list for this one and that one. You need somebody who is far better at um, organising their social life than me. So actually, I might give that to you. If you can be in charge of all ticket purchases from now on, that'd be good for me. I will. I'll put it in my diary. Consider it done. For more ideas on what to do, eat, drink during lockdown, subscribe to our recommendations email, stylistloves at stylist.co.uk forward slash emails. You can find all of our recommendations in the show notes in the podcast store and on our website, stylist.co.uk. Don't forget to leave your comments and suggestions of what you'd like to hear in season two as well. And I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has listened to the last 10 weeks. It's really felt like we've been in it together with our listeners, with the stylist audience. Mm. And yeah, it's been, a it's been a lovely thing to experience. So thank you so much for listening. And hopefully we will uh, meet again in series two. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.